Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to our game day show here on the Michigan Man. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. As you might notice, my voice is going in and out. Hopefully it holds on for the show and for our visitors edition on Thursday, but we will muddle through and do the best we can. It's Michigan versus Michigan State. That's all you need to say to get the blood of both fan bases boiling. This Saturday in the big house, it gets even bigger. The first night game ever between these two bitter rivals. Michigan and NFL great John Jansen will join us today with his view of the season so far and, of course, his thoughts on how these two teams match up. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, if my voice holds up, we're going to visit with Jason Strayhorn, former All-Big Ten Center and color analyst on the Spartan Sports Network. If we don't have a Visitor's Edition, you will know what happened. To get it started today, here's my view from Section 17. On today's interview, John Jansen and I started off by talking about who the starting quarterback would be in Saturday's game. John and I both figured Jim would keep it quiet through the week. But no sooner than we hung up the phone, Jim's presser started, and he made the announcement that John O'Corn would be under center and Wilton would be out for multiple weeks. What that means is Wilton's injury was more serious than we had originally thought, and Jim decided to get it out of the way at the top of his presser. On Sunday night, Vegas released the spread for the game and made us 12.5-point favorites. I'd like to think we could cover, but I'm not so sure. The Spartans are 3-1. and one. They're coming off a bruising win over Iowa. Both Michigan State and Michigan are similar in that the offenses for both teams have lacked consistency and are still searching for their identity. The Spartan defense has been better than expected, too, and we all know about our defense. So something has to give this Saturday night under the lights at the Big House. Can John O'Corn pick up where he left off at Purdue? Will the offensive line cut down on the mental mistakes? Will the offense as a whole begin to gel? Are the Spartans capable of running the ball against our front? Will Brian Lewerke be able to hurt us with his feet? He's been very good at tucking and running so far in the first four games for the Spartans. It's week five and something has to give. Either Michigan or Michigan State will make a move forward this week. John Jansen said he likes how our defense matches up against the Spartan offense. But our offense is going to have to be better if we are going to make it two in a row over Sparty and exact some revenge 
for the last visit they made to the big house, which we all remember too well. He joins us next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SP Nation's Maze in Brew. Here with us on our Michigan game day segment as we get ready for that big game on Saturday night against the Spartans is Michigan and NFL great John Jansen. John, great to have you back on the show. Oh, Mike, it's always good to be on with you guys. And uh, and talking Michigan football is about the easiest thing I do. Well, it's going to be a big one. We all know that this week, John. It's Monday morning as we record this. But before we focus on Saturday's game, let's talk about this Michigan team, if we could, through the first four games. Jim has his presser later today. As I mentioned, we're recording Monday morning. I'm sure the question of who will be the starting quarterback will be probably the first question. I would be surprised, though, if we get much in the way of detail regarding that situation, wouldn't you, John? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, that Jim has a, a pretty solid idea of what what Wilton Spate can do physically, um, what the injury is. You know, we don't know much about it right now. We don't know how severe or, or, or you know, what state he's in. Um, but I'm confident that, uh, that, that Jim knows and, and he's ready to, to move forward with that decision. But it's also um, a decision that doesn't need to be made public. Um, and as Michigan State prepares for Saturday, uh, I don't know um, why he would, and, and I'm sure that he won't. But, um, you know, if, if, if he's got to force Michigan State to prepare for do, two different quarterbacks, um, I think that that's an advantage that, that he holds right now, and, and there's no reason why he should come out and, and say anything. I think he'll be honest. I think he'll tell, you know, what, what Wilton Spate's going through. But, um, you know, it, it's just part of, of where we are in the college football season. Well, I know my listeners will uh, want to get your take on the offensive line play so far. So, John, uh, is it what you expected it would be at this point, or are you surprised? It is about what I expected. You know, we've got some experience on the left side of the line. I think Mason Cole is playing very well. Um, ben Bredesen um, has, has improved from last year. I think Patrick Kugler, uh, if there's a, a real bright spot up front, I think Patrick Kugler is doing a terrific job at that center position. He's gotten an opportunity to step in there and play, and, um, and he's taken hold of it. I think he's doing really well. And then on the right side, there's been some growing pains. And, you know, um, John Runyon Jr. has been in there a little bit. Michael Onwenu has been the starter at right guard. And, um, you know, and, and what, what we're seeing right now in, uh, with Ulysio, um at tackle, I think that there are things, there are only things that you can learn by seeing them, watching them happen, going through them, and then going back into the meeting room, listening to your coaches correct you um, and improve. And I think that they have improved throughout the season um and you know i don't think there's any secret as to um you know where some of the struggles have been but they there there's still obviously a lot of improvement to to be made um and i think as they improve you will see the offense become much more fluid 
there'll be much better rhythm to the offense because your offense is only as good as your offensive line. And right now they're they're continuing to work on on some things that will help them as the season goes on. So you're in no way alarmed by what you've seen so far in the way that it's something that can be fixed as we progress through the season. Yeah, and and as I watch from from week to week, um, I, I see some things where. Um, you know, Michael Onwenu improves on either a technique or he doesn't get fooled by, you know, something that he got fooled in week one. And so there, there is improvement. Um, you know, are they there? By no means. Um, but I think that they, they are showing improvement. And, and I think as, as the season goes on, every week is going to be better than the last week. Well, the one thing I hear media people saying, fans too, is right now the offense lacks an identity. You know, I have to say I'm not sure really what that means. But to me, uh, that's an offense that just is inconsistent so far, John, in a nutshell, um, across the board, inconsistent. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's a trait of, of, of offense that doesn't have an identity. And, and you know, when I talk to fans or I, I talk on the pregame show about developing that identity, are they going to be a smash mouth? football team are they going to be able to have one or two plays that they know no matter what the defense is no matter what the situation um, no matter what's going on on the field that they can dial up those plays and gain two or three yards and you know I don't think that we have that right now and then if you say well you know we're we've got great receivers we've got probably the best group of tight ends in the country are we more of a passing team? Are we, uh, you know, we, we hit you with the big plays? And, um, you know, I, and I don't think that's our identity right now. We, it, we've been a little bit inconsistent. We've had some turnovers. We've had some, some passes that have gone off the hands of receivers. Um, so, you know, you got to be, it's best if you're both. Um, or, you, you know, to have an identity, you got to have one or the other. Are you a run and gun team? And we just have been so inconsistent in all of those areas that we don't really know on Saturday, you know, you look at Michigan State's defense and, and you, you know what they're going to be bringing. It's a physical style of defense. Well, if we had an identity, we would have an idea of how we would attack that defense. And right now, I'm not really sure how we're going to attack that defense. Doesn't mean that we can't, doesn't mean that we won't. Um, and, and I, I have complete faith in, in Jim Harbaugh and Tim Drevno to put together a, a great offensive game plan that they will be able to execute, especially with this bye week. They've had two weeks to drill on it, and, and I think that we'll, we'll see a, an improved offense uh, on Saturday. Well, the one thing we can hang our hat on so far is this defense, uh, which allows our offense the time to develop, so that's a good thing. And every week it amazes me how good this defense is, John. Have you, in all of your years, and I know you played on a team with a pretty darn good defense, have you ever seen as much team speed all on the field at the same time for Michigan? Boy, they, you know, when you talk about team speed and, and what this what this defense can do, it, it obviously, I think it all starts and, and, and revolves around what Devin Bush does at the linebacker position. And he's a guy that can run literally sideline to sideline and make plays on running backs, on receivers, on quarterbacks that are mobile. Um, and, you know, when you look at, the Michigan State offense. You've got Lewerke at, at quarterback, and he is a guy that can he can throw the ball, and he is all he is very effective by tucking it and running it. Um, 
And if you, I, I'm more, I'm much more confident going against a dual threat quarterback with a linebacker like Devin Bush. Um, and he's allowed to be able to do that because you've got guys up front that are playing extremely well. And Rashawn Gary, Brian Monet, Mo Hurst is having a hell of a year. Um, Chase Winovich at the other defensive end. Those guys are doing their jobs. And you may not hear as much. You know, everybody wants to say, well, you know, I, I thought Rashawn Gary was just going to be tearing up quarterbacks. Well, that's not what his role on a, on, a, on a play-by-play basis is. His role on a play-by-play basis is to basically absorb as many blockers as possible. And because he is such a dominant player, they have to, they have to use two and sometimes even three guys to block him. Well, if you've got, I mean, you know, if we're, if we're doing basic math, if, if you've got 11 on 11, if you've got two guys blocking one, that means you've got a free roamer somewhere. Somewhere somebody's not being blocked. They can't physically be blocked because, uh, you know, Rashawn Gary or Mo Hurst is, this, is, is the same style of player. Those guys are eating up those blockers up front. So now all of a sudden you've got Rashawn Gary, or I mean, I'm sorry, uh, um, Devin Bush running all over the place making plays. Mike McCray, uh, Noah Furbush, all these guys are making plays and they look like a great linebacking crew, and they, and they are good, but they're made even better by the fact that those guys up front are so good. I know this might sound like a crazy question after the way the defense is played, but are there any concerns or questions surrounding this defense that haven't been answered for you yet? I don't necessarily know that they're huge concerns, but there are areas that we could still improve on. You know, in, in a Don Brown defense, um, our defensive backs are going to be left one-on-one with a lot of receivers and I would like to see, uh, you know, some better coverage out of some of those kids. I think that they've done an, a great job, but every once in a while, you know, you and, and you're, when you're in one-on-one coverage, you're man-to-man coverage sooner or later. Yeah. The, the opposing team is going to complete a pass. That's just par for the course. But as long as we don't allow two of those to be strung together or two or three and, and they can sustain a drive, um, I think that's where this team has really excelled is they may, may make a, a mistake once, but they're not going to make it twice and definitely not twice in a row. So I would still like to see improvement in, in some of their coverage aspects, but I think what Don Brown has asked them to do and the secondary coming into this season, you know, they said, you know, on defense, we're going to have to replace 10 starters. Well, you can you, you can uh, you can argue the fact that up front, you know, Brian Monet, Mo Hirsch, Rashawn Gary, um, and even Chase, they may not have been the guy that was there at the very first play all, all year last year, but they got a lot of reps. So it's not necessarily you're replacing starters. The guys that we're really replacing were in the secondary, and they're they're in my opinion doing an amazing job of executing what Don Brown is asking them to do. And that's where I'm most pleased of our defense. Well, it's not really the midway point of the season, but we are coming off of our bi-week improvement week, as Jim likes to call it. You know, when you think about that, when you look back in August, when you were watching this team or, you know, in your mind, trying to form an opinion of what it might be at this point, after four games, are you, do you think to yourself, this is a better team than I thought it would be, or you, you're just not sure yet? You know, for, for me, and, and I'm always kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek kind of guy where 
they're about exactly where I thought they would be. I, I, I was confident that our defense was going to be very good and very fast. Um, our offense is, is, is kind of where I, I, I'm hoping that improvement week really means uh, good improvement or more consistent uh, offensive play um, and protecting the quarterback, uh, getting some, some runs and making sure that we don't give up penetration in the run game. Um, so we're really about where I thought we would be. Um, and, I, and, and as I looked at the way the schedule sets up, I thought if we could get through those first four games without a bump in the road, we could get to this bye week. And then one of the things I love about Jim Harbaugh's staff is that they're great at in-game uh, you know, transitions and, and making some in-game changes, whether it's at halftime or on the sideline. But then you give them two weeks over this bye week period to coach up their guys and show them here's, here's where we've not performed well. Here's what we need to work on. And here's what we've done well. We need to make sure we keep doing that well. I'm very confident that the last eight games of this football season um, will be better um, than, than we saw in the first four weeks. So I don't know if that answers your question or not, but um, when I look at what I think, you know, coming up, we've got Michigan State, and we all know we've got at the end of the year we're going to play Penn State, you know, at Penn State, we're going to play Wisconsin at Wisconsin, and then we'll have Ohio at home. That is a very tough schedule. And I'm, I'm confident that we're going to be much better at that point in the season than we were against Florida in Dallas. With us here in our game day segment this week as we get ready for that big Saturday night game against the Spartans is uh, Michigan and NFL great John Jansen, also a member of our broadcast crew on the Michigan Football Network. John, while we were off on our improvement week last week, the Spartans were at home playing Iowa. It was a very physical game. Good win for them, 17-10. to 10. They, too, John, are a very young team, aren't they? They are. And, you know, when, when I watch Michigan State play, and um, they're just, when, when they played Notre Dame two weeks ago, um, they, at times, which is what you see a lot of times with young players, they look great. And then all of a sudden, you know, they get down near the goal line and then there's a turnover. Or, um, you know, Lewerke is, is, a, is a good quarterback. Is he great? No. But he's a good quarterback, and, but he makes some young mistakes. He carries the ball when he's running like a loaf of bread, and, and sooner or later that ball's going to come out. And he doesn't necessarily go through all the progressions. or he, There's blitzes that he hasn't seen and he doesn't understand, and he throws into double coverage or – you know, there's turnovers that, that happen, and that's what a characteristic of a young team is, is they at times can appear undisciplined. And undisciplined may be a, a harsh term, but they're learning as they go. Just like I was talking about, about uh, Ulysio and, and Wainu and Runyon on the right side, it doesn't mean that, they're, that they don't want to do it right. It means that there, there are certain things that you can only learn in game situations. And when I look at Michigan State coming into, I think that they learned a lot against Mich- uh, against Notre Dame. I think they also learned a lot against uh, Iowa. And, you know, if they can execute on 
and, and improve on, on some of the things that they learned in those two games, this is going to be a hell of a matchup. We just talked earlier about Michigan fans and the media saying we don't have an identity. When you watch the Spartans, and I've had a chance to see all four of their games so far, uh, very similar to Michigan, you, you, you can't see one thing that they do well. You, you see what they want to do, but they too, you could say the same thing, struggling for identity. Well, yeah, I mean, and you know, and the, the, the thing that I didn't expect out of this Michigan State team this year, you know, L.J. Scott, um, we saw him last year, and when we were in East Lansing, he started off those first couple of drives. He was he was running all over Michigan's defense, and Michigan had a hell of a defense last year. This year, you know, Lewerke's their leading rusher, and L.J. Scott has, has struggled to hold on to the ball. Um, they haven't, you know, typically when, when Michigan and Michigan State play, it's the team that runs the ball better that's going to win the game. And I think this year might be an anomaly to that because neither team is very consistent in that area. Well, you can see, as always, what Mark D'Antonio wants to do with this offense. Power run game, you sprinkle in the pass game. It's an offense that pretty much says, here we are, this is what we're going to do, stop it. So I think we have got to like how our defense matches up against these guys, John. There's no question. I think our defense matches up well. i I. I have yet really to see an offense, um, and I watch almost every game that's on TV um, every week, and I have yet to see an offense where I would say, boy, I tell you what, if we played that team, our defense would struggle. I just haven't found that offense yet. I think our defense matches up extremely well against almost everybody across the country, and especially Michigan State, You know, a team that's struggling to run uh, the football, a team that relies heavily on their tight ends and a short passing game. And I think that's where we have shown great improvement this year over over last year and the year before. Our linebackers are much better in pass coverage. And, you know, one, they're, they're, they're great at rushing the quarterback. We've seen Devin Bush make a lot of sacks and, and put pressure on quarterbacks. But they're also very good in, in covering those tight ends, covering those slot receivers and backs out of the backfield. So, you know, in times before where, you know, we may have been in a, you know, we stopped them on first and second down because they were running the ball, and then you get to third and 10, and all of a sudden, ah, they leak a running back out, and he just gets 11 yards. I'm not concerned about that that this year because of the speed and talent of our linebacking core. Well, we've played a good defense in Florida's this year. I think Purdue maybe is a decent defense, time will tell. But it's hard for me to get a read on the Spartan defense having seen four of their games, John. Have you maybe seen enough of them on tape to form an, an opinion of what they have over there? They're trying to be what Michigan State has always been, and it's a physical, hit-you-in-the-mouth defense put pressure on the quarterback in, in, in passing downs, but really be stout against the run. Um, and they just don't have the athletes or the talent they, that they had two years ago when, you know, when they were a, a, a playoff or, a, you know, whatever it was, BCS bowl team, you know, they just don't have that same talent. So they're, they're, they're trying to be a physical style defense, um, and that's what they're going to come into, uh, into into Michigan Stadium with. They're going to say, hey, we're going to hit you in the mouth, and we're going to see how you react. And I, and I think that our team will react in a positive way and, and, and hit right back.
Well, all of our lifetime, John, in this state anyway, the thing we've heard fans on both sides of this game say is, throw out the records, anything can happen. And it is true, isn't it? Oh, it, it definitely is. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if a team, you know, last year Michigan State was 3-9 and nine and, and Michigan was, you know, considered a possible playoff team at the end of the year. Well, that was, uh, that was a game that, especially through three quarters, could have gone either way. Um, and Michigan was able to, 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 you know, take it at the end. But this is a game that it doesn't matter, you know, at all what the records are. This is the backyard brawl, and this is going to be a physical, probably the most physical game that either team has had so far. I know that the Iowa game was very physical for Michigan State, but um, this one, you know, there's, there's no riding the fence. There's no, well, I'm okay if either team wins. No, there's – everybody's picking a side and you, you know, live or die by, by who you pick. We opened as a 12 and a half point favorite uh, on Sunday night for those that care, or, you know, like to wager on these things. But, you know, seriously, until I see our offense make a leap, my thoughts are this could be a, a low scoring dogfight. I mean, I'd be pleasantly yep. surprised if we put up a lot of points in this one. But right now, it's shaping up to be a, another snot knocker between two bitter rivals, John. Uh, that's exactly it. And I was talking to, to some of my buddies uh, at the gym this morning, and, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if this game is, is a boring 10-3 to finish or, you know, 14-10 to just because... You know, we know what Michigan's defense is. It's going to be really hard for Michigan State to come out and sustain drives, to string some big plays together. They may get one or two big plays, and they, you know, the concern that I have is the trait that our offense has had is, you know, turning the ball over. And if we turn the ball over and give them good field position, you know, sometimes it only takes the luck of the draw and one big play and all of a sudden you're either in field goal range or, or, you know, you, you get a, you get an easy touchdown because of, of a lack of execution on the offensive side of the ball. So this game to me is going to be a low scoring, um, you know, could be whoever, whoever wins field position in this game, I think it is, is going to have the advantage. I, a 12 point, spread in this one is is a little bit shocking to me well last question for you john we we knew eventually we would play the spartans in a night game we've heard talk about this for the last couple of years but here it is it's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere isn't it it will it'll be electric it'll be under the lights it's you know a lot of these kids aren't aren't that far removed from playing under you know under the lights on friday night um so they're they're still their bodies are still in tune to being able to do that um you know, I was never a huge fan of, of night games. I wanted to be able to get to the stadium, get dressed, get on the field, start playing the game. But um, from a fan's perspective, um, this is going to be—it's going to be so much fun because you'll be able to tailgate all day long. There'll be build-up. Both, you know, they're, both sides will be highly represented in the parking lots. Um, some spirited discussion, I'm sure, will occur. And, you know, by the time game time starts, there's going to be a huge buildup. And, and I think that the energy in the stadium will be mirrored by the players on the field. This is going to be a, uh, especially in the first quarter, in the first series for both teams, 
this is going to be a hit you in the mouth and see what happens uh, type of game. Well, it's week five, and we'll know a lot more about both of these teams and their trajectory after Saturday night's big game. My guest in this week's game day show has been Michigan and NFL great John Jansen. John, as always, it's been a pleasure, and we look forward to our next visit. Go Blue. Thanks, Mike. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk football and uh, definitely Michigan football. We'll talk to you uh, sometime down the road. Go Blue. Quick Hits is next as we wrap up this week's game day show here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maize and Brew. On quick hits today, other than Wilton's injury, there really were none others that were mentioned yesterday. On Thursday's show, I will have an update, though, for you. Jim's presser was only about six minutes on Monday, and we didn't get much. He was pretty low-key in discussing the rivalry. Some of the players made available on Monday were a bit more talkative, but still, we're not putting any bulletin board material out there. Lavert Hill talked about how huge this game is for the players on both teams who are from the state of Michigan. Mohurst basically said the Michigan State game was more physical than the Ohio State game, and everyone plays right through the whistle, no surprise there. Mason Cole probably nailed it best. He said these are two teams and two fan bases that just don't like each other. Thanks again to Michigan great John Jansen for being with us today. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, if I still have a voice, we are going to get the Spartan perspective on Saturday's big game. Former All-Big Ten center and analyst on the Spartan Sports Network, Jason Strayhorn is scheduled to be my guest. Our free show app is available from Google Play and the iTunes Store. You can also hear us on Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. If you get the show from iTunes, give us a review or leave a comment. Thank you in advance. That will do it for our game day show here on The Michigan Man. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back here on Thursday again, if I have a voice, for our Visitor's Edition. So please join us for that. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until Thursday, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!